All right, you football-loving maniacs, time for another episode of Three Honest Lads. And for the first time in more than two weeks, we actually can hold true to our name. We have Mr. Devin Kerr over in Delray Beach, Florida, Sam Stockley broadcasting from Tampa Bay back on American soil. And I am actually in West Orange, New Jersey, uh, about 25 minutes from where I grew up, where my mom now lives, uh, up in up in the Garden State. Gentlemen, glad to have the full panel back. It feels so good. How are you, boys? I missed you. I've been I've, I've been seeing you on Twitter and all your, all all your podcasts and everything that you've been doing and listening to them overseas, mate. How's it all been? I mean, I have to say I'm pretty excited that we're all back on because it, can we just address the elephant in the room real quick? What's the elephant in the room, mate? Ale, ale, ale! Ale, ale, ale! Come on, boys! Champions League winners! Uh, I was in Liverpool that Saturday night. Oh, my goodness gracious me. It's the first time I've been in the hometown when they're involved in a in a massive, massive game like that. I can't, I can't begin to explain to you the beauty of the red side and the bitter blue side. What an evening. What a team. What an achievement. Kind of funny how it all played out, isn't it? Like with the with all the hype and backstories that you had, like it was an announcer's dream going into the game that just kind of fizzled out. It wasn't the most spectacular match, but I mean, I guess that's kind of the way things could have ended up, where it was just there were so many stories that everything just kind of bubbled out. And I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not going to complain, you know. But a couple of guys texted me like, "Oh, that was a crap game." Like, I don't give a crap what your opinion is because we won. So, what does it matter? I have two thoughts on that. One is that the penalty took the sting out of the game completely because once Jurgen got the one nil lead, I think that he was sort of like, "All right, I'm in a final. I have a one nil lead in the first two minutes. Let's not piss this away." I think that if it, it stayed nil nil at the beginning, then it would have been much more open. And two, given how incredible the two semifinals were, like the footballing gods would only have it this way that the final was going to be pretty lackluster. But as Devin said, who gives a flying? You know what? We're champions of Europe. Six times, Jurgen Klopp has been hammered for 48 hours straight. Until you see the scenes afterwards and everything that you see on Twitter of all the crowds and everything like that, I don't think you really understand the weight of what that's the first time I've realized, like seeing it and then seeing all the social media afterwards, the actual weight on those players' shoulders. Both sets, don't get me wrong, both sets, but in some respects, no disrespect to Tottenham being their first opportunity lately to get in there. I don't necessarily, for them, it's just and that wonderful achievement and opportunity. But when you're trying to get your sixth trophy or sixth European trophy, you've just lost the league on 97 points. I think you can see the, the pressure and expectation. And like you said, when that first goal went in, it just sucked the life out of the game, really, in any in any way. And who cares if you're a Liverpool supporter or if you're Liverpool because you just won the European Cup for the Champions League for the sixth time. I think a, a congratulations. Let's talk about is... six, baby. Let's talk about um, you and me. <laughs> and me. <laughs> I think a, a big congratulation is in order for our own Mr. Sam Stockley for achieving his A license. Now, I'm wondering, can you also go and get a refereeing license? Because there has been some piss poor refereeing since you've been gone, my friend. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. Uh, 12 months hard work for, for, for that, but just an unbelievable journey. And when, when we finished it, there was 30, 30 of us started it. And to see the difference in the people and to see the difference in, in all of the lads and how open they become and almost egoless and wanting to learn and try and improve is just, it was, it was unbelievable. And crowned off with obviously a lovely little weekend down at the convention where we got to hear some truly amazing speakers as well about football, about technical directors, about life, about it all. So that was really, really good, man. It was really, really good. But part of our course was doing, a, we had the, the head of refereeing in because of VAR and the change with the build-out rule now. When the balls roll, you can step and press in the box and you can be in the box when you play. They're saying that it's going to necessarily might ch change the trend in build-up and how teams press and all these different things. But we had a referee in there. You should have seen it. Two hours we had with him, and he was telling us about all the uh, all the new rulings with VAR and what handball is and this, that, and the other. And I, we had to answer questions. We had twenty questions on whether we thought that it was a red card, a yellow card, no foul at all, indirect or direct. It was the the UEFA refereeing course. I got ten out of twenty right. That's it. Ten. Just goes to show. <laughs> Just goes to show how hard it is, those poor refs. But anyway, it's going to get even harder with VAR next season with all the changes and stuff. I wonder what Devin would have gotten. Ah, imagine. Imagine. He would have sent himself off. 
three out of twenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Referee, the scantron's all messed up. Multiple choice next time. We wouldn't have happened exactly that. But so, how come you're up in New York, mate? Um, I had these tickets a while ago, and I just, uh, you know, need a little bit of R&R mm-hmm. back to the family. Mm-hmm. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase. Sorry, my mistake. Devon, why is Tyler up in New York? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, the, the key to the lock holder. Here we go. So, with all due respect, I, I want to say very clearly here, I support him in what he's doing. But he's not, a, he's not up there just visiting. He's using that as an excuse. He could have changed his tickets anytime he wanted to, and he said he had the trip scheduled. So, Tyler... Very blandly, please let everybody know what's going on in your personal life since you've decided to move on from farm animals. Why? Okay, uh, first, first of all, I don't understand why the farm animals have to come into it because my time with them was wonderful. They were nothing but kind to me. I don't like. I have no animosity towards any of the farm animals. Second of all, <laughs> part of that, they're all in counselling. <laughs> Is that Dolly and Dottie? Is that your impersonation of them? Go on, carry on. Uh, <laughs> why are oh, this? <laughs> all right, so I I don't really want to divulge into this too much. All right, but you don't need to go. You don't need to go deep. Just give everybody. Let everybody know. It's I'm, okay. I'm visiting my girlfriend who I got uh-huh. back together with. Hold on, mate. You, you've suddenly got a girl. You, you've met a girl now. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> How long's this been on the cards? No, 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 no. It's, it's the one who I, I broke up with a little while ago. Now we're back together. She broke up with you? No, no, no <laughs> I'm really not getting into that. But no. I'm just asking. I'm just, I'm just repeating your, your question so I'm getting, clarifying it. So hold on. So you're up in New York visiting your girlfriend. I'm in New Jersey right now. I'm going to my you know, sister's fiance's graduation. I'm visiting, I was seeing other family, but in addition to that, I am also going to see her for a few days. Beautiful. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. No, good. Well, why should you be? It's a beautiful thing. But I but I should I should tell everybody that I did actually have these tickets booked six to seven weeks ago before all Easy, the- easy, easy, easy. You, you've made the excuse three times. You don't need to, you don't need to justify it again. We heard you. But the fact you're, that you're, you're the actually- fact that you're going back to it makes you sound guilty. You don't need to keep going back to it. We've heard you three times. You've had the tickets booked. We get it. You've really, really wanted to go to the New York, New Jersey area to go to your sister's fiance's graduation. Who wouldn't? Makes perfect sense. All right. So enough of that. <laughs> I really don't think that people are interested in my personal life anymore, especially with all the farm animals and how they're no longer in the picture. But I think that people are interested in week number 13 of the USL championship. And gentlemen, I mean, we're start we're starting to have things take shape here as far as the standings are concerned. We are headed into the fourth round of the U.S. Open Cup. We have Gold Cup right around the corner. We talked about it before. It's a beautiful time to be a fan of the beautiful game. And we are knocking on, we're knocking on the door of, of some truly, truly, truly exciting times. And what I also think is going to happen is that with Gold Cup coming up, and you have a lot of different USL championship teams who are going to be without some of the better players, I think that you're going to start to see some people who might not have gotten opportunities in the first 12 weeks, 13 weeks of the season that are going to get an opportunity and they're going to like emerge as possibly like a 14th, 15th, 16th option that a team was looking for but couldn't necessarily find because of these players like, you know, let's say like a Kevon Lambert Jr. Flemings on the Phoenix side of things. You know, maybe Joey Calistri is going to step up and have a big game. You know, on the Louisville side, maybe Napo Masoso is going to step into his own after he served his suspension. Louisville, more red cards this weekend. Brian Omi and Paco Craig both getting sent off. Paco Craig getting sent off for blocking a free kick. It is it is good old-fashioned Texas justice, the fact that he got sent off in that game for blocking a free kick, getting a second yellow, and not getting sent off for 17 fouls in the game against Bethlehem. Crazy, isn't it? Bizarre. Bizarre. Unreal. Yeah. Mr. Kerr? I don't have a comment because that's only going to lead down a corridor that's going to get me in trouble with the league. So open the door, uh, get him down there, get him down there. Feel like feel like feel like I've done enough to make the referees feel bad. However, I will say this: How good is this? The referee that did that Louisville Bethlehem game, um, who were rename unnamed, so good in that Kevin, linguistics Kevin department. There, I didn't say it, you did. Um, 
So they were so they were so pissed off after that game. They got him switched off the match because he was supposed to do their Open Cup game. He was supposed to be their their head ref in the Open Cup game. And uh, bye bye. Yeah, no. no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I've I've got them. Uh, I've got Louisville this week, so be interesting. Got them. See how they're doing. I got them against Loudon. Ludan. 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 No, it's not them? Ludan. It's not. No, it's- <laughs> Are they Lou that, that, person, that person will remain named, unnamed, Tyler. Yes, yes. Nine games in, and are they loud on? Are they? At line at 15. <laughs> loud on? <laughs> are they loud on, line at 15? They're, they're a Richie Williams list, loud on. They're, uh, oh. They've got a new coach. Wow. Yeah, Richie Williams went to go uh, hang out with Bruce Arena at Gillette Stadium with the New England Revolution. Boom. You obviously see the writing on the wall. What is the writing on the wall, Sam? Well, they've got they've only played nine games, haven't they? So... They've got they've got a chance, but you've got to win those games. Yeah. I'll be interested. I'll be interested to see. They play tomorrow night, right? They play against Swoop Park tomorrow night, one of their game in hand. So we'll see how they get on. We will see. We will see. I'm not gonna hold my breath on on no. the but you know, we'll stay away from that. All right, gentlemen, we've bantered enough. We've we've beaten around the bush. We've skirted around the subject at hand. Let's dive right into week number thirteen. Baker's dozen in the USL championship. Let's start with Hartford Athletic and North Carolina FC. From the rent in Hartford, Connecticut, and it's North Carolina FC drawing Hartford 1-1 on the road. So NCFC come away with that grind out of a win against Florida Soccer Soldiers. It was a pretty boring game in the U.S. Open Cup, to be completely honest. And Jimmy Nielsen and his boys get a 1-1 draw against a very solid team that I think is probably going to end up with a top four spot in the Eastern Conference. Stop me if you think I'm completely wrong. Okay, we'll move on. Indy 11, a 2-1 win over the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. That was a rematch of the third round of the U.S. Open Cup in which Canardo Forbes scored the game winner in the last five minutes of that one. Indy 11, exact revenge in league play as they come away with a 2-1 win over the Hounds. Louisville City 4-1 over the Charleston Battery. And this was a really interesting one. Louisville come out strong. George Davis IV gets his first goal of the season. And then Kieran Mason from Charleston, the 20-year-old, who only had made one appearance, gets sent off like, after the 20th minute, gives the ball away to Lucky and Kosana in his own penalty area, and then yanks on his jersey ah, while he runs away with the ball. And then so... gets called for the straight red. It was, a, it was a dog-zo scenario. And then Magnus Rasmussen steps up, buries the penalty, makes it 2-0. It was all Louisville. Started the second half. Charleston get one back. Arthur Basua from a corner. He's able to score off a header, and then you start to think that Charleston are going to find their way back into this game, but not going to happen as Rasmussen gets a second. They labeled it as an own goal, which I think is garbage, because the shot was heading on frame. It took a nasty deflection and went to the other side of the goal, but it was always going to be on goal. And I thought the definition of an own goal is if if it completely changes the course of the ball, and if the ball originally wasn't going to go into the back of the net, but it always was going to go on frame somewhere. Regardless, Rasmussen, own goal. It was Dante Marini who was charged with the own goal. And then Niall McCabe had a sensational free kick later on to block it up 4-1 as Louisville come away with a big league win after that draw against the Bethlehem Steel. Tampa Bay Rowdies go on the road to Birmingham Legion and get a 2-0 win after suffering their first loss in all competitions against OKC Energy FC at the midweek in the U.S. Open Cup. 2-0 win for Neil Collins and the boys. Colorado Springs switchbacks. And I'm almost certain that this is the first win that Steve Trichu has gotten since coming on the pod. Please correct me if I'm wrong, Devin Kerr. No, you're right. You're spot on. And how funny is it that it's against Fresno? And shocking, I mean, Fresno's going through that slate of games. But no, they hadn't won in a long time. Um, Actually, the last win I can remember off the top of my head was the San Antonio game. And I know that was really early on because they won won two out of their first three. So based upon the interview, yeah, I'm looking right now, March 23rd. How ridiculous is that? Not only that, man, look at the teams they've lost to, and they're getting smoked two, three goals. I mean, Vegas beat them 3-0. I mean, that's just, I mean, quality for them that they went at home, but that's a Fresno team that's hurt multiple fixtures in a row. They went 122 minutes and a loss to Sac Republic in the Open Cup game. I mean, there was just a lot going on there, and credit to Steve Trichu. I, I thought it was quite poor, to be fair, that, did you guys see the article that came out about him? Yes, I think that that was that was bad. I don't like that. I don't understand. I don't know. It stocks. And correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't understand how, with all due respect to the league, how you can let someone write a report like that and basically put him on the chopping block. A league representative, including Darren Powell, who was on the back end of that article, and and they stocks. They basically said he's like, oh, we better win soon. He's going to get fired. 
And though we can all kind of joke about it and like have a conversation with it, we're not a representative of the league directly, meaning we're not on their payroll. Now, we are representative in the sense that we call games for them and we want to make sure that we're appropriate and like public status. However, we don't write articles about them. Our, our views are our own. They, they don't belong to the league. And that's why, you know, this podcast is outside of league sanctioning. I just thought it was in poor taste personally that they would write something like that. Well, I just, I mean, everybody came to bat for him, which like, you know, is, is exactly what should have happened because given the budget and everything and all the constraints that he has, the fact that he's done this well, obviously, you know, they've gone on a really poor stretch, but the fact that he was able to win two out of three, get a draw against Phoenix on the road, now getting a win against Fresno, I mean, he's playing the hand that he's dealt. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, two seven hand off suit, you know, nothing, nothing's cooking off this hand ever, but he's still able to find a way to get things done. They're always competitive. Every single coach, every single player has a tremendous amount of respect. I just didn't think it was right. I, I'm, I'm totally on the same page with you, Devin. Anything else on that, boys? Sam, you filled in? Yeah, filled okay. in. Good. Excellent. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Austin Bold traveled to the middle of the country to take on Michael Ensign and Tulsa Roughnecks. And what do you know? They get a 3-2 win on the road. Five goals. Unfortunately, not split right down the middle because it's an odd number. And it's Austin Bowl coming away with a 3-2 win. Very impressive. Orange County able to take down RGV at home from Championship Soccer Stadium by a score of 2-1 over RGV, who had been stringing together some nice results, but they now fall below the cutoff line in the USL Championships Western Conference. St. Louis and Memphis, it looks like, was postponed. Indeed, it was. PP. OKC Energy FC. A nil-nil draw against Los Dos. You probably could have seen that coming, given the fact that they probably scored the most goals that they'll score all season against Tampa Bay. They go scoreless at home against Los Dos. Now, I'm going to ask you two guys this question. And, you know, Sam, even though you didn't see the game, you, 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 know, you know the game, and you can, you can more or less chime in on this. OKC gets this great win midweek against Tampa Bay in the U.S. Open Cup. They come home against the Los Dos team that's always up and down. Is it acceptable to have a nil-nil result against a team that, in any other scenario, if you only have one game a week, you would expect to beat nine times out of ten against Los Dos? I think... Do, do, depends what they put out, Los Dos, right? Depends what players they put out. Always what I think with these groups, that, these teams that are down, obviously, with, with MLS Lincolns, it depends what they pull down, but I've got OKC this weekend, so it'll be interesting to see. It's the first time I've had them this season, so I'm interested in watching them. I'll be watching their games later on in the week to see how they're doing, but I don't think I think any nil-nil at home, for me, I think is, is, is a disappointment. And the reason why I say that is you've just come off the back of a win. You might not be scoring goals, but you're at home and then you get a nil-nil. I always think a nil-nil's... A nil-nil at home's the worst scoreline. A nil-nil away from home is maybe one of the best scorelines. Yeah, yeah I, I, I probably share Stock's sentiments as well. The only thing I would say, and Stock will agree with me on this, however, you, you still got to find a way to have proper rotation is... Um, they're a team who we're going to forget the fact that they're in game of the week on Wednesday and then another game Saturday that Sox is doing. They're a team that if you look at how many fixtures they've had in 30 days, they played nine games. That's that's a lot, man. That's really, really hard to manage. And, um, you know, it's travel, it's open cup play. So I, I totally agree with him. I, I think you, you've got to find a way to get goals at home. But But when you look at the lineup that they put out as well, I mean, it's the same same goalkeeper, or sorry, different goalkeeper, same back four, same holding mids. Um, actually, they changed one. They, they changed one. Christian Isley did not start, and I'm looking at the starting level right now. Deshaun Brown was up top. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they, they only rotated one player out of, like you said, Tyler, a team that put up four midweek in their Open Cup game, and that combined with, with the rotation over the games, I think that's really hard to manage as a manager. It, it's just really difficult to handle. And so I look at it as, yeah, I agree with stocks, but also like you didn't drop points either to a team that you said Los Dos like can be up and down. They played all their starters and that team this year is in the playoff hunt right now. So frustrating for the zero. I'll still take the point though. And I, and I think something should be said for the fact that Los Dos, I mean, how many times are we going to say that they're going to go on the road and get a clean sheet this year? I mean, that's pro probably not many, and this will probably be the only one if we're being completely honest. So, um, you know, kudos to Los Dos for being able to go on the road and get a, get a draw against the Steve Cook side. And once again, we want to thank Steve Cook for coming on the pod and 
you know, hopefully this isn't another, this isn't a Steve Trichu Colorado Springs switchback stretch in which, you know, players and teams come on this podcast and just perform woefully. Um, but as Steve Cook said to that regard, um, those types of streaks are, are meant to be broken. Um, so we'll keep moving. Tacoma Defiance host El Paso Locomotive. Mark Lowry's bunch come away with a 2-1 win on the road. Tacoma continue to struggle mightily. Reno, 1868, home against Las Vegas. What do we think happened? What, what else would you expect from Vegas on the road? Four goals conceded, no right. goals for. I mean, it's, it, it's unbelievable. Double no cards? Three. No red cards? Come on, man. Uh, were there red cards? No? No, there's only three, only three yellows. Pablo, Pablo, um, Pablo Cruz got yellow. Um, I like that. Yeah, I like him too. And Christian Hernandez. I like Christian Hernandez, but all three of them, I mean, it was, I actually watched this game and it was like, it was managed. It, it was a managed game. That's all it was. They, they started to open up Ian Russell. It, he impresses me over and over and over again. And, and to watch his teams, he gets it. Like he, he watches a game. You can see the, the gears turning and he just starts to find a way to break teams down. And it may not be in the opening 10 minutes, but he is a tactical delight to watch take on another team because you can come in with a totally different game plan and 45 minutes later, he switched his squad up. They're headed another direction and they'll take a team to the cleaners. I totally agree. I had him at the beginning of the season. Russell had one of his games and speaking to him about how he sets it up and the analysis he does on the away team and then what he does with his team and how he changes. Like you said, it's never, it's a fluid system for me. It's a fluid, it's a fluid system and, he, he can tweak it. He reminds me a little bit like Marcelo Serrano in a way that it's never set. If if Las Vegas do something, then he's on the side playing with it and changing it to then counteract what they're doing. So it's it's really hard for teams to play against that, Reno. But I like them a lot as well. I think I think that they have those special qualities where they can win games off their tactical awareness. That's a that's a tough week for Las Vegas. You lose to an amateur side in Orange County FC, and then you go on the road and you get drilled 4-0. It's a tough that's week. A tough week. See tough what they got this week. Tough, tough week. All right, moving on. Sacramento and San Antonio, a battle of two sides who really could use three points, and it's the Quails who come away with a 2-1 win, riding that momentum off of that U.S. Open Cup win thanks to Stefano Bonomo's header late on. They get a 2-1 win against Darren Powell's boys, and then rounding out week number 13, Ottawa Fury and the Charlotte Independence, the lone game on that Sunday, June 2nd, and it's Ottawa Fury, more San Cristiano Francois getting it done, bouncing back and getting a 4-1 win against the Jacks at TD Play Stadium as Ottawa looked like they are for real this season, and they jump back into fourth place, unbeaten in their last, boy, is it more than five? Six. Six. Unbeaten in their last six. Nikola Popovich finally starting to put that possession-oriented, soft, but all you know, but also can be hard-nosed-pressed style into form I, I dig it I dig it a lot I told you I like him you look at those bottom three mate Charlotte Independent 13 games one win minus 12 Swope Park 11 games one win minus 11 and then Hartford who you think oh goodness me 13 games one win 18 goals minus 18 that's a that's a bad bottom three that at the minute poof can we, can we scroll down to Tacoma and, you know, they sort of – the teams that you just named kind of pale in comparison to, to the relegation zone if there were such thing in the Eastern Conference. Look at that, mate. 15 games, two wins, minus 27 goals. It's just that, – that's, that's, that's concerning. That's, that's, that's a tough, tough gig. But that, but but the biggest thing with the Tacoma one though is that most of that minus twenty seven goal differential came within the span of like two weeks, where they went like zero yeah. goals for and nineteen against. Crazy that, crazy that can't. That's got to be our bat. That's got to be a tough situation up there. Look at that nine points. But can you imagine the relegation battle that we'd be having between like you know Charlotte, Loudon, Swope Park? Love throw, it. Throw Memphis in there. Then yeah, San Antonio would be fighting for the relegation lives right now. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's brilliant. That's oh. what. You, that's why you wish. You hope one day. You hope one day with all this championship and League One. You hope one day that they bring that in because that would make it completely. Imagine if we were talking about promotion, uh, relegation in this in this dogfight already 15, thirteen games in or whatever. Well, Tacoma would already be relegated, more or less. And <laughs> I mean, sure. although there are nine points, and you know, Colorado Springs has eleven. How? Let me let me ask you this though: How would it work with the conferences? Because it, it's it's not lined up. So, like, 
Would yeah. you have okay? So like, would you have the the bottom three from each conference? You know, play maybe a relegation playoff. Yeah. And, and then like six, and then and then whoever and then whoever wins relegation playoff like stays up like in Charlotte and Swope, and then the losers of the relegation playoff, the third team to get relegated. So let's say it's like Tacoma and Hartford who lose their relegation playoff, and then they square off cross-conference against each other, yeah. and, and then that team stays up as well. I agree. And then, then, then in an ideal world, then you drop down into League One, depending yeah. on your region, and then you've got the teams in League One in their own single playoff. Just like, the, why not have, have one from promoted and one through the playoff? That's what they do in the National Conference back home, and it's supposedly one of the hardest leagues to get out. One up, one up, and one through playoffs. Think of all those teams. Oh. It'd be brilliant. A girl can dream. It'd be brilliant. Devin, any thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm all for pro wrestling. <laughs> Are your dogs freaking out? Tyler, do you know what I forget? You know when you know like you know like when some people live their fantasies through their friends? Yes. I just got this feeling here, mate, that that, that that Devin might be missing out on something when he keeps kicking back to these farmyard stuff. Well, that's easy, like easy, it's easy. Oh, it's been a while since we talked about that, and you just happen to bring it up again. <sighs> happen to bring it up again. It's not a coincidence anymore. Is it? <laughs> what was what was that noise? Was that a horse? <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> let me wait. Let me hear it again. I didn't hear it. I missed it. I didn't do nothing. Something sounded like a hug. That's your head, Wilbur. Wilbur. Come on, Sam. Let me hear it. I didn't do nothing, mate. I promise you. Oh, you you did something. He's lying. He's lying through his muzzle. (laughs) I'm not. I was just licking my salt stick. Yeah, you know, real real quick, though. Jump to Pro-Rel again. Um, I love that idea you guys just had. The only problem you're going to run into is where the league throws the fit is you can't have one. Like it, it's if if one team down, one team up, it won't work because of the way that League One is situated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't because because if Hartford Athletic gets relegated, FC Tucson wins. They can't take over their spot, and they're gonna have to move stuff. I think you do it. I think you find a way, and you, it, it's hard to do with League One right now because the amount of teams that they have. But you have to find a way, kind of like Stock said, where like it's hard because you want to guarantee a team from the East and West. But then it's almost like, oh, we're going to push a team that may not necessarily deserve it in. So, but then again, I, I guess that's why conferences are broken down. And that's why, you know, that's why you could be X amount of points on West in the playoffs and X amount of points on East and not make it. I mean, look, right now, Sacramento Republic, as bad as they've been this year on five losses and 17 points outside of the playoff line, in the same situation, based on goal differential, they'd be in ninth, or actually, they'd be the 10th spot but only because of goal differential behind the Charleston battery. And they're sitting just behind St. Louis, who everybody loves. I mean, it's interesting the way the East and West break down. It'll be fun because I do think from all the chatter and everything going on that there is going to be pro well. It's just a matter of time. It may not necessarily include MLS right away or at all, but the way that things shape up for this league, they have an opportunity growth-wise to get everything they want if they just wait it out. Well, well, well I... I... This is, a, this is another way of looking at it, and I'm just speaking off the top of my head. If you're a League One and you're going for promotion, with all due respect, I don't think you give a crap if you're in the East Conference or the West Conference. You're just getting promoted into the championship. So maybe it's done on whatever team comes out, the team that goes up has to go into that conference. And that's I know there's travel. I know that's, I know it, you know, hear me out a minute. I know there's travel. I know there's a million reasons that we can say, oh, we can't do that. Bottom line is, you're a League One team and you've just been promoted to the championship. You're going to take any conference you can go into, right? And make the best of it. Then after that, then maybe the second season is when you get an opportunity to switch conferences. Look at St. Louis. They've been in both conferences. It's not it's not unheard of to switch a conference at the end of the season. But at the end of the day, you're given what you got in your first promotion. The same way if you're re- relegated, you're given what you got. That's just how it is for the first 12 months. You know, I don't know how they'll do it, but I hope they do it because it's the one thing for me, and I'm just tangent and off here, it's the one thing that's different with anywhere else in the world. And people ask me this. I get asked it when I went back home, like, oh, America's blowing up, the leagues. And, and obviously I speak so highly of the USL and what they're doing and 
and how they've branched out into all these teams and the growth. People don't understand the growth of the game in America unless you're in America, right? I sat with 30 lads in Wales. I've sat with more. And they don't quite, they know the MLS, but they don't quite know the growth of, of the market. Um, and the beauty of it is I think that they do have a blueprint to be able to do whatever they want to do. And, and just going back to what I said, is that's the one thing that they're missing. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Those kids back in Europe, the UK, everywhere, they're dealing with pressure. They're getting promoted and relegated. They're getting cut from an early age. If their team don't go up at U9, then you get you get relegated at division. So they're dealing with that pressure and that talk all the time. And that resolutes onto the side of the field. That resolutes to pet parents are still parents. Doesn't matter if you're in Liverpool. I watched my boy play two games this week, uh, last weekend when I was at home. Parents are still nuts on the sideline, still doing what they're doing. But the kids are actually feeling the pressure of what it's like to get promoted, what it's like to get relegated, the consequences of a poor season at a very, very young age. And that breeds a different type of athlete. Love that. What What was it? Did you, were you involved in those parents, Sam? Come on, be honest with me. Uh, no, you know me. Yeah, I was right there with my fists. I had it. We had a great fight. No, 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 not at all. But it's the same. Mum's going mad. Dad's, dad, in England, every dad's a coach, right? Every dad thinks that they've been or played for Liverpool or Everton. And you know what I mean? But it's just different in the kids. The kids are scrappier. The kids fight. The kids push each other. They trip each other up because there's pressure. You do see kids losing their head a little bit at a young age because there's pressure on a goal going in. There's pressure on a goal being scored because it gives them the opportunity to be successful or be unsuccessful, which no one wants to feel. So that's what I think. The moment they get promotion and relegation over here, I know financially it hurts. I know all of those things, but America's a, a very good country with great structure. They can work it out. And I think the USL, if they did do promotion and relegation, even if it's Championship League One, just to test it, I think it will be a game changer, complete game changer. Well, the USL is, is starting to be a pioneer in, in a number of different ways. And, and I think one shout out we do need to give to the league because uh, I, I do think it's brilliant. And um, Taylor Twelman and John Champion talked about it um, on those little halftime hits that they do during Open Cup. But the head injury rule, where if you have a player who's getting checked out for a head injury, you can bring somebody on that doesn't count as a substitute. If the yeah. player with a head injury is ruled to be fit to play, they can come back on. That rule is going to be implemented next year. I, I think that that's really well done. And as Taylor said, they're acting as a trailblazer and the MLS has to follow. Got uh, to. Got to. Got to. to. You know, it's massive. I, can't, it's being, it's, I keep saying it. Being it's submerged in it like I have been. I've been here for 10 years. And then having the opportunity to go home and be submerged myself into a, a, a different environment. And talking about the environment over here, all the English lads are asking about America. They all want to come out here. They all want to be involved in it because they see what's happening. But actually being involved in it like we are, I tell you, it's, the, the, the place is just heading, it's, it's heading in such a great direction. They just need to add that promotion and relegation. Devin, any thoughts before we move on to week number 14? No, I totally agree. I'll be curious to see how this concussion um, protocol plays out because, like you said, you you can bring someone on, um, to be clear, if, if, if the person is ruled unfit, they can use the person they brought on as a sub. If you don't have a third sub, it's not like you automatically gain a new one. So, yeah, I mean, you still, if you're, if you're at 11 guys, you've used all your subs, and I go down with a head injury, you can bring someone on for me to, to take a look at me, or you can bring someone on for me while I'm being taken a look at, but if I'm ruled unfit, you don't get to keep that sub. So you don't get a fourth sub. So... It'll be interesting the next step after that because people are going to go, oh, well, he got a head injury. Like, that, that's not fair. And then it'll be – I'm sure people are going to come out of the woodwork as well and say, oh, well, you know, what about the ankle injury and what about this? Be very clear. I think it's a great thing for the sport, and I think it needs to happen, especially from a science standpoint, understanding everything that's going on with head injuries. I'm just curious to see the way it's going to play out and also the way it'll play out with the leagues because, you know, MLS kind of spearheaded this with VAR and – that hasn't necessarily funneled its way to everywhere in the world, including the USL Championship. Now, cost is prohibitive in some areas. But, you know, what's going to happen when, when the USL takes this over? Who's going to be the next to follow? Who's going to jump in line and say, we support this and give it a nod at a higher level? All right. Let's move on to week number 14. As we are recording this on a Tuesday, June 4th, Wednesday, June 5th, our first slate of games in week number 14. And we are going to have Swope Park and Ludon, excuse me, Loudoun United doing battle from Children's Mercy Park. That is going to be 8 p.m. Eastern time. And then Wednesday night, soccer. 
New Mexico United, Troy Lesane, Santi Moore, Kevon Frader, and the first place New Mexico United group are going to take on Steve Cook and OKC Energy FC in what should be a terrific matchup. Um, Sam, I'm going to ask you, Devin, you're on the game, so you need to keep quiet. Give me a scoreline prediction, Sam. I'm going, I'm going Swope Park Loudon 1-1. I'm going New Mexico, OKC, 3-0 New Mexico. Wow. All right, so I'm going to, I'll, I'll hop on board the 1-1 train with the battle of the MLS two teams, Swope Park and Loudon United. And then for New Mexico United, OKC, MGFC, I'm going to give a little bit more credit to Steve Cook and the boys. That's I'm, yeah, that's not no credit to those guys. I, I just know. look at their scorelines, see what they're doing, and seeing where New Mexico are at, at home. I just think they got goals. They definitely got goals, but they also concede when they go up. So I'm going to say that New Mexico get off to a great start. They get two goals. OKC brings one back. New Mexico get an insurance goal late. 3-1 to New Mexico United. And I'm going to say a Devin Sandoval goal, Kevon Freider, and Santi Moore. Wow. Those three are going to get all get goals. Chalk it up. Write it off. <laughs> Devin's really upset he can't chime in. Can't chime in. Nope. Got to stay off it. Listen, it's it's, it's, it's about willpower. <laughs> you done? Okay. Atlanta United 2, New York Rebels 2, Friday, 7.30, Fifth Third Bank Stadium. New York Rebels 2 currently sitting in second place, six points off of the Tampa Bay Rowdies, who continue to go unbeaten in the league. And then 10.30 Eastern time, Casino Arizona Field, Dollar Beer Night returns, Bud Lights are going to be flying for a buck a pop. Phoenix, Tulsa. Phoenix looking to make it 11-0-0 on Dollar Beer Night. I'm excited. Okay. Yeah. 100%. I think that could be 1-1 and a 3-1 as well. Same scoreline. 3-1? Yeah. Yeah, I could probably see that. I could see this, that. Is a, this is a turning game for Tulsa, and here's why. They have one win in their previous eight. This is a team who everybody was high and mighty on, and Michael Insian, things have gone wrong. And things have gone wrong versus good teams. Things have gone wrong versus bad teams. I mean, they had four draws in a row versus OKC, Reno, San Antonio, Vegas. I mean, those are, okay, I'll give you the OKC. I'll give you the Reno. You can't draw versus San Antonio, Vegas if you want to be a legit contender in this league. And, and then they lost at home this past Saturday to Austin. And you, know, you brought that up earlier, but can you go into Phoenix? I mean, Phoenix has spanked this team around a little bit the past couple times they played. And the way that the form that Phoenix is in, the way that they're playing, I agree with you guys. I see this going from bad to worse for Tulsa this weekend on the road. That's going to be a very difficult place. And um, just, just coming off, I mean, they've had the ties, the losses, the Open Cup exit. I mean, everything that they've had to do. And now you got to go on the road and a quote-unquote short week play on a Friday. I, I think they get beat up. All right. Fair enough. So that's going to do it for the Friday games. Let's move to Saturday and our full slate. Swope Park Rangers are going to be doubling up as they will play host to Jim McGinnis and the Charlotte Independents, who are desperately looking for three points. They might just be able to get it against the Swope Park side that has struggled mightily. Hartford Athletic and St. Louis FC, the fighting Jimmy Nielsens, will take on the Anthony Pulisai. He, he was uh, just jumping in there. He was he, he was over. He came and did a whole session. I spent some time, I spent some time with, with Anthony over in a... With FAW, he did a session at the convention. He was very, very, very good. He put a switch in play session on in front of 500 people all watching, and he handled himself really, really well. He got some really good con com compliments. He was representing the USL League really well, mate, really well. He did. He, he, he was good. He was good. We had a great chat. He's someone that we should get on a podcast. I'd love to interview him. Absolutely. And he'd be he'd make, all about it as well. Makes sense that he was over there, considering St. Louis FC is coming off of a bye week. Yeah. So they are going to be at Jimmy Nielsen and Hartford Athletic. And Sammy, we will see if we can do something about getting Mr. Anthony Pulis on the Three Honest Lads podcast. But we'll see I'll if he's... Him. We'll see if we if he's in the business to, to go on a, a losing a losing streak of maybe... No, he's not in that business. He won't be <laughs> in that business. Well, I don't know if he'll have much of a choice if he wants to come on the pod with the way that things are going. Sure, sure. Moving on, Louisville City and Loudoun United. Sam Stockley will be on the call for this game, 7 p.m. from Louisville Slugger Field. Lou City coming off of that 4-1 win against Mike Anhauser in the Charleston Battery. Pittsburgh Riverhounds, who lost that heartbreaker against Indy 11. 7 p.m. from Highmark Stadium. That game is going to be against Ottawa. That will be a snooze fest, given how much Ottawa likes to be on the ball at Highmark against against Lily Ball. That that game, you know, will... Uh, I, 
I'm going to say to the, to the football-loving maniacs who like to see goal scoring, you can tune in elsewhere because I, I will put a lot of money on the fact that that game will probably end up nil-nil or one-nil. Stop me if I'm wrong, boys. I, I agree. What games do you lads have? I think Louisville Loudon will be a 4 one for Louisville, probably. Can I say that? But I think it can be. Devin, what do you got? What do we got? Phoenix. We have a lot. We have a lot. Yeah, we have Phoenix-Tulsa. We have... Who's on the Hartford-St. Louis game with me? I am. I've got Fresno OKC after my my one, so I got oh, two. Oh, Sammy, we're on that. Wake me up. Where's that game? That That's game a, Fresno. A Fresno. Yeah, Fresno. bring a pillow. Bring a pillow, bro. <laughs> bring a pillow. Oh, man. I love Adam Smith. I love them. They're just, they're, they're a very composed team, and they've got good ideas, but like, yeah, yet to do a game this year for them where I've been up out of my seat. Oh. Even the game where they were on the road against Los Dos when they put three or four in the back of the net. I mean. Tyler, I was on the game with you, wasn't I? Yep. Yeah, I was falling asleep in that game. And that just we, got, we got Bethlehem and Nashville on Is Sunday. that just because you was on call with Tyler, or was it because of the game was put you just... <laughs> no. No, Tyler and I actually had some fun that night. We'll talk about that later on. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about that off-air more specifically. No, it's just... I mean, it was like the... Tyler said earlier, like, oh, the resurgence of the quails with the Open Cup when they're riding their wave. That was one of the fucking most boring games I've ever watched. 122 minutes of crap. It really was. I mean, if you go listen in, I think it was like 10 minutes ago in the game and then like 10 minutes ago in overtime, I lit those teams up because I don't care how tired you are, what's going on. There has to be one player on the field between both teams, just one, that's willing to go out and get a victory. And no one was willing to do that. Like, Stocks, you and I have been on teams where your back is up against the wall. There's someone who is willing whether it's the captain, a substitute has come on, your goalkeeper screaming at you from behind. Someone motivates you to run through that that pulled muscle in your calf when you're cramping to go and get a victory. It was so fucking boring, and I'm sick of it between the two teams. It's ridiculous. It truly is. And the only thing that Adam Smith can say, and and I'm not jeopardizing my relationship with him because he'll say it, is his team can't score goals up top because they're always freaking hurt. There it is. Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe in 2019. There it is. How Beautiful. many? How much sleep did you get last night? We got, we got an angry. angry. I got. A lot, I got. I got a lot of sleep. I went, didn't get went to, I went to bed early. It's taken him 48 hours to get those shorts off he had on on Twitter. <laughs> that's that's the best you can do. You're better. Than that. Come on. What else you got? You know the fa- the fashion comments don't hurt me. You can do better than that. You, you, were doing, you were doing better with the farm animal argument. What else you got? Hold on a second. Did we also realize that Devin Kerr's legs were freshly shaven? I mean, he made sure that those puppies were glistening for that picture. Glistening. Glistening. Yo, funny enough. Hang on. Hang on. I got to tell you. Funny enough. It, it worked out being for the picture, but I did do it for another reason. So having, as I mentioned earlier, having multiple games off, it's been quite nice, refreshing for the amount of games that we do. Uh, my beautiful wife and I have ha- had a rocky two weeks for other reasons. Nothing to do with our personal relationship, but um, we had a little spa day together. So I had to shave them because I was getting a massage. I didn't, I didn't want the person rubbing my legs up and down to, to worry about the, uh, the stubble. So, yes, they were, they were freshly shaven. Yes, I truly enjoyed it. And, yes, they were glistening. I'm a looking, I'm a liking. He's trying to shave some split seconds off walking the dog time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aerodynamics, I believe, I believe is the term. It's getting out of the booth. It's getting out of the booth at the end of the night. When I get done, I got to make sure I get out that door quicker to get away from you, yeah, idiots. What does your wife think about getting into bed and then she rubs her foot up against you, having a nice little cuddle, and there you are with bristly legs? I, I just, I, I've never been a leg shaver or an arm shaver. Arm shaver? Definitely arms. Hold up, no one shaved his arms here. Now you're just getting crazy. I know loads of lads that shaved their entire body. I grew up in changing rooms with lads that shaved from top to bottom. Not me. If there was one player in the USL Championship who you think shaves their arms, it would have been. I, I reckon that there's probably 50% of lads shave their arms in the USL. Come on. 100%. 100%, 50%, 100% of the time. 100% of the time, 50% of the lads are shaving top to bottom. Yikes. Yep. The joys of being a pro. Well, Devin's not a pro anymore. He's just wanting to be clean-shaven be clean shaven for his masseuse. <laughs> I bet you, hang on, stocks back me up here. I bet you most of his boys still shave their arms, the ones that did. 100% they still do. 100%. See? 
All right, gentlemen, look, can we can we get off the topic well, of saving it. arms and legs and, and what have you and get back to the topic at hand, which is week 14 yes. in the NFL championship? Can we do that? Is that okay with you both? Let's rock and roll. Okay. Aldi's North Carolina. That's a big one. That is, that is a big one. I like that a lot. Sammy, Rowdy's that's in your backyard. Win. Can I get a prediction? Rowdy's home win. Rowdy's home win. Okay, we got a lot We got a lot to get through right now. First of all, what was Trace's take last week? I forget already. It was a U.S. Open Cup game, was it not? Yes. Oh, he, yeah, he picked, uh, did we put him, we put him on the, we put him on the Fresno sack game and he was confused. I don't remember what he chose. We're going to have to go back. I don't remember what he chose. Cause I remember I said he like, he sat down, he took a look, he like went to sniff Fresno, but then got away from it. And then he went over towards Sacramento. I don't, I don't remember what he picked. Oh, you know what? I think you get, I think you said because he went to Fresno and then put it down. That that was, I think you said that was a mic drop. So you, I think you gave it to Fresno. Yeah, he lost again. Yeah, but hang on. I want to check back here. I got to defend a little guy. He's staring at me. He has a vet appointment in 30 minutes. He's like, don't take me. Um, his game before, was it the Rowdies Indy game? Yeah, something like that. It was Yeah, it was in Indy. And he, got, and he chose. No, 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 no. There was one in between that that he just straight up lost. No, 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 no. No, he's only had two losses. He's three and two. And he had the. Oh, that's what it was. It was the Indy Nashville game. Yes, and he chose Indy. He chose Indy. So, so to be fair, and we said if the yeah if the road team draws, it's a win. But if the home team draws, we count it as a loss. Yes. I just feel like I feel like he deserves more. The rules are the rules. You know he doesn't deserve more because he was a nightmare this weekend and he lost. Just get over it, okay? If this was Finley's take, he would be undefeated right now still, but it's not. It's Trace's take because Trace is an enigma and we never know what's going to happen with him. He's like he's like Los Dos. You just never know what you're going to get, ever. That's well put. Okay, let's go. Fair enough? Okay. All right, moving on. Tampa Bay Rowdies, North Carolina. It's going to be a win in the eyes of Sam Stockley for the Rowd eyes. Colorado Spring Switchbacks coming off of a big win against Fresno. Can they make it six points in a row against Tacoma Defiance? I think that they can. That game will be from Widener Field. Austin Bull and the Wiley Styley Spang Dango Marcelo Serrano will take on Cameron Knowles and T2 from Bull Stadium, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. That should be a very intriguing matchup. Memphis 901 FC and Tim Mulqueen, who are in the fourth round, of the U.S. Open Cup. We'll take on Indy 11, who got bounced by the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Indy 11 coming off of that 2-1 win against the Hounds as they were able to beat back up on the Bob Lillians. San Antonio FC and Reno 1868 FC. That game will be from Toyota Field. Ian Russell and the boys coming off that 4-0 win against Las Vegas Lights FC. San Antonio looking to bounce back after that tough 2-1 loss against Simon Elliott and the Quails. El Paso Locomotive will take on the Los Angeles Galaxy Dose from Southwest University Park. And I'll just skip over that game. Not much to talk about there. New Mexico United in Sacramento. That's an intriguing one. (laughs) That'll be from Isotopes Park. I I didn't know what to say. Don't break character. Keep going. Santiago Arcavon Freighter will take on Stefano Bonobo, Cami Wasa, Simon Elliott and the rest of the Quails. That game will be from. That's a tough week for New Mexico United. I'll tell you what, as they're going to be taking on Steve Cook and OKC Energy FC Wednesday night soccer. And then we'll have to turn around in a short, short, short week to take on Sacramento Republic. Monarchs will play host to RGV. RGV looking to bounce back after their 2-1 loss. Fresno and the Foxes. Sam Stockley will be on the call for that game with myself as Adam Smith and the boys looking to bounce back against OKC Energy FC who will take their talents on the road yet again. Las Vegas Lights FC return home to the comfortable confines of Cashman Field. All sorts of awesome and amazing alliteration to take on Orange County Soccer Club. Perhaps Eric Winalda and his side can get a win after what was a devastating, debilitating loss. See where I'm going with all this alliteration? Bethlehem Steel and Nashville Soccer Club, Talent Energy Stadium, 6 p.m. Eastern time to rack up week number 14. My allergies have come into play. My nose is running. Somebody else take over while I blow my nose for a second. Good almighty. I did, are me and you on that game, are we, mate? Fresno and OKC? Is that me and you, T? Yes, it is, my friend. It oh, is. there you go. There'll be no sleeping on that game. Tune no in. No sleeping. Devin might be asleep already. because. No Devin, do you have a West Coast game that night or what? Yeah, Devin's on the Vegas Orange County game. Ah, oh, there we go. They're I'll be in the booth next door, boys. I'll be, I'll be, that'll be I think that's going to get rough. I open that thing up. It's at Cashman. Like, see you later. Nine cards, five goals, maybe more. Dancing girls, fireworks. Farm animals. Yay. 
I think I think Sam I think Sam wants to go on another scouting trip to Las Vegas. I do, yeah. I need to be down. I need to go. I need to feel the atmosphere, <laughs> Sam, mate. You need to feel the atmosphere, Sam. I need to feel the atmosphere. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a very sensory type of person. It's all touch and feel. <laughs> all right. Just... Pretty pretty sure your relationship will be touch and go if that happens. <laughs> All right, because we're running short on time here and Trace has lost two games in a row, we're going to give him a bye week. No Trace's take this week. Sorry to the football-loving maniacs. But we have some fun interviews that are just around the corner. We're not going to divulge too much right now because we want you to just be sitting on pins and needles at the edge of your football-loving maniac seats, uh, eager for what's about to come on the interview side of things. Thank you again to Steve Cook. Thank you again to our producer, Alex Goldstein. Boys, any parting words for the football-loving maniacs? I just I want to say to you guys that I think that the interviews that you do with the people that you're getting in is I think is brilliant because it's 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 everybody from every walk of life in some respects and I I just think it's a real good insight into learning and understanding the USL and inside some of these clubs so kudos to you lads I listen to them when I'm away um, doing great work keep it up Devin <laughs> again. <laughs> The audio red carpet. You just you like you need me to like introduce you to the world of this podcast. You know what he's like. That's not that's not true at all. Not true at all. I want to be very clear here. The pause is there, not for dramatic effect. It is there for heartfelt warmth for the fact that the three of us aren't together, and I always pause so that we don't step on each other from a talking standpoint. I wait. If Tyler starts talking, then I know I can't. If Sam comes back in and says more, then I know I can't. If it remains silent, then I know. That Captain Fool over there is going to tee it up for me. So, yes, maybe there is a bit of an intro. However, I'm not expecting it. I'm just saying that I'm trying to be polite to said red carpet for both of you. And that is all. Thank you for letting us allow a piece of your red carpet, sir. Yes, we really appreciate it. You've gone so far out of your way. And you're such a careless, hairless human being that we we really appreciate it. All right, Sammy, get us out of here. Be honest, lads. What the hashtag? Oh, bro, you've been away for so long. Dude, what? Oh, you give me a moment and I failed, man. Hashtag, be honest, lads. Cheers. Adios. Peace.